Shall we go on to the word of God this morning? It's a joy to come together and uh, meditate on God's word and uh, to receive uh, the teachings of scriptures and to help um, our lives, that help our lives to be aligned to the word of God. It's always um, a great experience uh, to know what the Lord has in store for us and uh, to read it, to understand, to receive it, to obey it, to believe it, and to see it fulfilled in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I hope that there's more life in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. That sounds good. So Luke's gospel, shall we turn our Bibles to Luke's gospel in chapter number 9. Let's read verses 57 to 62, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is a challenge of uh, conflicting commitments. That's what I like to uh, title this morning's message. The challenge of conflicting commitments. There's a commitment that we all have made to follow Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. Haven't we done it? Amen. Are you sure of it? Do you follow Jesus? (laughs) Amen. Just because we are here on a Sunday morning or just because we have a Christian name or we were born in a Christian family or just because even because we have been baptized it does not automatically or just because we've gone through this processes don't automatically make us a follower of Jesus. It's a matter of a commitment of a heart. It's a matter of a sincere, intentional, deliberate following of Jesus, whatever it takes, whatever it costs. That is what is to truly follow Jesus. To follow Jesus just because of a certain way of life that we've been through or the culture that we practice. Or just because we sing Christian songs, just because we have a Christian culture, just because we uh, celebrate Good Friday, Easter, Christmas, or just because we light candles, or just because we um, do any form of external things, don't make us a follower of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus. When we say follower, it's not a passive follower to say, oh, I follow some path. I follow some concepts. I follow a certain philosophy. It is not in that sense. But to follow means to follow the master, 
to follow the master's teaching to live up to his standards to live up to his expectations to fulfill that and to be willing to sacrifice anything and even everything to follow him that is truly following jesus and that's what jesus is calling these three people who he met to follow him this this is an amazing passage where the three people who come and meet jesus and the crowds that were following him one volunteered the first one volunteered and said i will follow you wherever you go he's talking about a geographical level of following wherever you go oh because it looks like you know jesus is a very popular man very powerful man have you seen when a politician comes through town he goes through the streets and everybody standing out of the window and everybody's on the streets and the prime minister or some great man is going on a procession everybody gets out on the streets and everybody is waving their hands and everybody is shouting out and you have a great crowd following this is not that kind of following but maybe this man thought that jesus is a very powerful popular man very famous because he's been healing the sick he's been casting out demons he's been raising the dead and so why not follow this man who seemed to be very popular and wherever you go i'm willing to come and then another man comes he said to another man follow me jesus is calling him to follow him but the man gave excuses the next two people give excuses the one said sounds like a very genuine excuse isn't it let me go first bury my father and come isn't it a good thing to do i'm not talking about burying and dying but i'm talking about the aspect of doing the duty the responsibility as a good son maybe he was an elder son maybe as a son as a elder son probably he it was his responsibility it was it was something that he must do but it looks like jesus is challenging him and saying let the dead bury the dead aha uh-huh. so is jesus against taking care of families loved ones doing our duties to to them Let's go on the next one verse 61 still another said i will follow you lord the next one is volunteering but let but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family oh here he seemed to be um, <laughs> you know saying let me uh, you know tell them and come let me not just run away you know i love them i you know it's important that i extend uh, uh courtesy at least go for courtesy sake and tell them see i'm going to this place i can't just walk away but jesus says no one who has put his hand into the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of god the first one the first man who came to follow jesus who vol- who came and uh, who volunteered and said i will follow you wherever you go spoke it very emotionally i think it sounds like it because jesus is telling the reality of what it is to follow him and he challenges him saying foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head oh you want to come with me wherever i go but learn from me i don't have a home 
I don't even own my bed. And so that's going to be the situation if you're going to come with me. And so you want to follow me? Take it, think through it very well. Don't take an emotional rash decision to say, here I am, I'm willing to go wherever you go. Don't take it so easily. It's not so simple to follow Jesus. So he was, I think, took an emotional decision. He wanted to follow Jesus. It was a very emotional, uh, at the spur of the moment, expression of wanting to follow Jesus. Here I am, I'm coming. Like, you know, the other time when Peter said, I'm willing to even die. You should not die, Lord. I'm willing to die. But finally, what happened? The reality was, when Jesus actually was facing death, was Peter willing to die with Jesus? No, he was not willing to die. He denied Christ three times. And so there is an emotional level of commitment that we can make. And I, the second one was talking about an emergency. Oh, my father is dead. Let me go quickly, bury him and come. I want to follow you. He's a sincere man, but he also wants to do his duty. So is that wrong? It sounds like it's probably the right thing to do. He's saying, yes, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm not turning back. I'm not putting my hand to the plow and turning back. I'm going to follow you all the way. But first, let me go bury my father and come. This is an emergency situation. I need to balance life and ministry, family and ministry. I need to balance God and ministry. Uh, sorry, God and family. Come on, I can't forget, you know, what my father has done. I can't just, you know, ditch my whole family. What are they going to think of me? It's going to be a bad testimony if I don't go and bury my father. How will they all get saved if I don't do my duty well? That's the way he was coming across to Jesus. But Jesus was dealing with him in a different way. But we will look at it in a moment. This was a case of emergency. That prevented him from following Jesus. That became a challenge to his commitment. It was a conflict of commitments. And thirdly, still another said, I will follow you Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to my family. That was courtesy. I need to be courteous. See, I can't be really rude. I can't be really harsh. I can't just walk away to follow you. But I need to be uh, very careful. I need to play it safe. I need to be very nice to everybody. And then I can follow you. But I'm going to follow you. I will follow you, Lord. He also said, I will follow you, Lord. He, none of them said, oh, let me just think about it. They were not double-minded. It looks so at the surface level. Very often we look at the surface level. But Jesus is dealing with the core of the matter are you able to see this difference here at the surface level it looks like it was all fine but it was not fine for Jesus that's why he's challenging them but it looked like it was fine it was right he's saying I will follow you Lord but let me just go tell my family I'm going after you I'm going you know they're going to be searching for me courtesy Jesus continually challenged all the three. It's very interesting. 
to see why Jesus is challenging all of them. It looks like not one of them was wrong. In saying, I will follow you, they were determined to follow him. It was not that they were double-minded, but that's how it looks like at the surface level. But actually taking the core of the matter and looking into their hearts, which Jesus was able to, man sees the face, God looks at the heart. God knows if we have a divided attention, a divided heart, a double mind or not. God knows if we are single-mindedly willing to follow him completely, paying the price or are we trying to balance things? Of course, there is one aspect where people talk about balance. Yeah, we need to balance everything. And that's what exactly today's postmodern world talks about. Come on, you need to balance everything. And we live in a world which is filled with multiple tasks. All of us are multitasking. We are at one time in a conversation that's with someone face to face and another on the other side on a conversation, on a virtual conversation with somebody else through a device at the same time. You see, that's what she's doing. She's typing there and she's listening to me as well. That, that, that's the kind of you know, world that we live in. That's the kind of life we live in. Maybe she's a good student taking notes there. So very often while options multiply, while we get involved with many, many things, while we have many duties, many responsibilities, while we have many things and which we do have, we can't run away from them in this world. But while all of these things increase and grow and multiply, loyalty diminishes. The biggest casualty is loyalty. So what do we put our whole heart into? The challenge is about our commitment. For we have to pay attention to many things. But what is the primary? What are the secondary things? That's how we need to distinguish. There are, we, of course we need to be working. Of course we need to be earning our money. Of course we need to be taking care of our homes, our families. We need to be... Um, Loving Jesus, we need to be praying, we need to be reading the word of God, we need to be serving God in some capacity, being an effective witness for the Jesus through our lives and also by proclamation, by word of mouth. But with all of this and many, many things that we are involved, we need to, you know, and, and, and even more in our Indian, uh, South Indian, Indian context, where you have to be taking care of your uh, sister-in-law's mother-in-law also. So it's even more difficult. And if your brother-in-law's, uh, you know, sister is ha- having a baby, you'll have to be, you know, babysitting there all through the night. If you're in an Indian family, that's what you need to be doing. If you don't do that, you're a bad person. You don't have a heart. What's the point of you going to church? And so with all of these happening around us, you know, the challenge is what are we committed to? What is our core commitment? What is our primary calling? What is God requiring of us? What does it mean to say that when you call yourself, I'm a Christian, what does it mean? 
what are you putting yourself to what are you committing yourself for it's not just a title that we carry but it is a commitment it is a calling that we fulfill so jesus is dealing with while at the surface level it looks like everybody is well committed to christ or in other words to say fully devoted followers of jesus but at the core at the heart of hearts deep inside the question is what do we mean when i say i follow jesus what do we mean when we say i am a disciple of jesus what do you mean when you say i am a christian in the 21st century a christian is someone who goes to church who participates in all these festivals of good friday easter christmas who buys new clothes who cuts cakes who cooks biryani at home and sings christian songs and and probably has a little bit of more western culture this is who a christian is like this is what a christian assumes himself of to be either he's bo- of course he's born in a christian family he has a christian name he has a christian parenthood a christian heritage and if all of this is there you're a christian and i go to church every sunday i give my and if you're a little more more spiritual person you're a little more spiritual type you would say yes i'm a person uh, i love worship i sing songs i like all the media stuff that happens in church i follow on facebook on twitter i watch the messages on youtube i'm a little more spiritual i like this pastor's message or you or i like this evangelist message and because of this evangelist gathers a lot of crowds i go for these kind of meetings oh it really you know is very comforting for me it's very encouraging for me and here i am all through the week i am in tears i am broken i'm heartbroken and i come here and i'm just so encouraged i feel good so why i go to church why i am a christian because this is a better thing to do because out there in the world there's too much of noise and too much of problems and all of that here there's some painkillers that i get and so i am a christian and i follow jesus and i go to church and i do all my duties well i go regularly every sunday morning and i give my tithes i give my offerings it's all in the first week itself i don't even delay it this is what defines who a christian is who a church goer is or what a church is in the 21st century but what jesus was calling for in the first century you see the disciples were very different it was the disciples who followed the master and followed his teaching and were paying the price to follow him who were called christians in the first century that's what jesus is teaching here amen hallelujah and so let's go on to look at what is going on here you know look at this man the first man said he was very emotionally driven excited for jesus he was clapping his hands he was jumping to the roof probably he was a pentecostal as they were walking along the road a man said to him i will follow you wherever you go jesus replied foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head following jesus is not going on a vacation to bangkok or to switzerland 
or to go on a sightseeing trip to Israel or to the Himalayas or to go see the Niagara Falls <laughs> or to visit Trump in the White House <laughs> or having a great experience of staying in a penthouse at the Hilton facing the sea following Jesus is not that <laughs> and that's what many people thought it would lead them to if they followed jesus and that's what many people also preach they say if you follow jesus he's going to take you to the penthouse <laughs> but jesus is saying foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head hey you want to follow me wherever i go i don't even have a place to live i don't even have a bed to lie down I don't even own my bed. He is talking about geographical following. Wherever you go. Because it looks exciting. Crowds are following. Great exciting things are happening. And people like to capture into this excitement. That's very emotionally driven. This is like a man who wanted to join the army. he looks at the surgeon who sergeant who is uh, recruiting him and the new candidate says yes i am uh, willing to join the army oh really but are you willing to let go of your loose baggy pants for the uniform <laughs> are you willing to scale up a wall and run for 3 kilometers every morning because that's part of the boot camp the training Are you willing to take orders? Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to go risk your life and fight the enemy? You might get injured, you might get killed also in the battle. Are you willing to drop bombs and fly over firing and take on the enemy and risk yourself? When you say I want to join the army, that's what it means. Joining the army is not just about eating in the army officers mess and having a constable a, a, a jawan at the gate saluting you when you drive out that's what people see but before that man came driving you know in a chauffeur driven vehicle and a jawan opening the gate and saluting him and before this man was you know taking a salute at the Republic Day or Independence Day celebration with all stars and medals and everything before everybody could come salute him he went through the process of training he went through hardship he went through pain many days he would have wanted to run away many days he would have been up there in the mountains in Kashmir in the cold freezing temperatures with pre-cooked food and trying hard to light up a candle and get it keep it burning to warm up some food and in landslides happen and food and necessities don't reach them on time communications fail he's been through all of that and then finally he comes he becomes a major he becomes a general he's taking a salute he's commanding officer he commands things and people obey but before he could come that he went through all of this 
and so for a new jawan who's want a new candidate wanting to join the army he says oh i'm excited i want to join the army i'm 18 i want to join the national defense academy wow look at that he saw the republic day celebrations on tv and he got excited wanted to join but didn't realize it's not going to be easy at 18 it can be a emotional decision isn't it but that's how many people have come to follow jesus and that's what jesus was challenging this man and saying foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head so let's realize this morning to follow jesus is not just an emotional decision but a real serious commitment to follow him all the way at whatever place he keeps us at whatever circumstance we are at and that's what paul beautifully describes if you come with me to philippians chapter 3 how many of you know a verse in philippians chapter 3 come on quote it sorry philippians chapter 4 somebody quote that verse that promise verse the exciting verse that we all quote very often we pray we use it come on somebody say it rejoice in the lord always one more chapter 4 Uh-huh. Come on, you you're missing the main thing. Philippians 4, huh? Ah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. I'm following Jesus through Jesus. I can do everything. Everything? Really? I might sound like I'm saying something against the faith itself against Jesus. But you know what Paul is telling here read earlier on from verse 11. I am not saying this because I am in need for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do everything through him who strengthens me I can do all things what what does what do all things mean whether I am hungry or I am fed whether I am having lack or in plenty good or bad I am contented with what I have because I have Christ in me and through Christ I can be in want I can be in plenty through Christ who gives me the strength I can go through any and every situation that's what Paul the apostle is saying here you see how very often we have misunderstood this verse that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I can do everything sometimes everything doesn't happen what do you do but i still follow him <laughs> hallelujah whatever you praying for doesn't happen always i'm stepping over some people's toes and they have faith on god 
Sometimes everything we pray for does not happen. God sometimes does not answer all our prayers. Now because we always thought that when you come to Jesus all your problems will be solved. And we understood Jesus as only a problem solving God and that's why we came to follow him. When the problems don't get solved we say what's the point? in following him when the sickness doesn't get healed somebody actually dies even after much prayer we ask the question what is the use of following jesus i thought with him all things will happen yes nothing is impossible with him that truth does not change all things are possible with him but in this matter right now is it his will that he will do this miracle now that's up to him to decide but as for as we are concerned we continue to believe we continue to pray ultimately he will fulfill his plan because he knows the end from the beginning and he knows what he's doing and he works all things according to his will for his glory and that's why sometimes you see so much of evil in this world and good people suffering and we always ask the question why is this happening if he's a believer if the person is a believer they were good believers they believed in jesus but why all these problems jesus did not call them to follow him saying if you believe in me all your problems will be solved the call is even if you don't have anything are you still willing to follow me amen hallelujah this is a kind of preaching and teaching that nobody likes to hear today this is not a negative preaching but this is the truth of the matter amen hallelujah if you're constantly serving sugar coated cream all the time what will happen to us what will happen to us we will all end up with high rates of sugar levels which is not good so sometimes we need chilies sometimes we need to reduce the sugar levels amen and come to a balanced diet Hallelujah. When you have a balanced diet, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be strong. You're going to last. Hallelujah. Your faith will last if you hold on to the right teaching. Amen. Hallelujah. So whatever comes your way, nothing's going to shake you whether you have a place to lay your head or not. You're going to still follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Whether you have a air conditioned luxurious bedroom or you lie on a car, on a on on a on the floor with the mud beneath and the sky above that's not going to make a difference for you to follow Jesus you know how many people in those mountainous regions tribals and uh, rural areas and villages will never become prosperous financially even after they accepted Christ and they continue to follow Jesus for generations they might never become prosperous financially like the way we are in the city scenario 
let's get this reality amen let's not live in a bubble and an emotional commitment to christ but let's really with the realistic understanding of what it takes to follow jesus let's follow him amen and so here jesus is challenging a conflict of commitments here i am willing to follow jesus i am willing to go wherever you go emotional exciting excited commitment but he's applying the brakes on him and saying hey i'm not here to just gather some large numbers i want some serious followers <laughs> if jesus was just all about numbers he so said hey you want to follow me come on come on get get on the board join the bandwagon come on guys let's sing some songs and play the guitar and let's have a good time <laughs> that's how we are calling people to follow jesus but that can be probably the start probably that a point to say this is you know that jesus is a one who loves you but i think when a person comes to the point where they have to make a serious commitment to christ we need to tell them and explain to them what it takes to follow jesus that let it not be just emotional let it not just be out of some mere fleshly excitement amen hallelujah praise the lord let can we go on to the next one now the focus was the focus of the man was there to go anywhere but jesus's focus was to let go everything in order for him to go everywhere the focus of that man was to go everywhere but jesus's focus was for him to let go of everything so that he would be willing to go what would it take for him to go what would it take for him to follow jesus that's what jesus was going after secondly the case of emergency <laughs> when it came to following jesus it was a divided commitment a challenge of commitment it looks like jesus is very rude it looks like jesus doesn't have a heart it looks like jesus is very uh, you know hard hearted somebody had died a loved one has died shouldn't he be extending sympathy and comfort but is he that way do you know jesus wept in what context did he weep when lazarus died even though he knew that he would go into he would go and raise him up he still wept why because he was grieving with martha and mary the sisters who were grieving he himself wept he was troubled in his heart Jesus is not a hard-hearted god sometimes he can take one side of the coin and assume that oh what is this doesn't sound like Jesus sounds very contradictory but when we understand in what context it was said and why it was said and what was being conveyed through this if you understand the intention of Jesus' statement here you will understand that Jesus was not a hard-hearted person He said to another man follow me verse 49 but the man replied let lord first let me go and bury my father Jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of god an unbeliever can still do the part of burying the dead it doesn't need a believer to do that it doesn't need a disciple of jesus to do the burying And so Jesus said the dead can bury the dead the dead in spirit the spiritually dead can do it 
that's something they can handle but for you who follow me who makes a commitment to me you are the one who can go and do the proclamation of the kingdom because that can be done to those who are living your task here to the dead doesn't have any eternal consequence but your task to the living of proclaiming the gospel has a eternal consequence that will save them from death and so jesus says let the dead bury the dead but you go proclaim the kingdom of god why is he talking about proclamation of the kingdom because that's talking about those to those who are living amen so it would be a delayed commitment if he could have been accepted but the point of jesus was it was not about a delay in commitment which jesus was not challenging about a delay in commitment jesus was challenging about a priority jesus is not against taking care of our families you see the first one was about a home the second was about a family son of man has no place to lay said that's about a home this is about a family some of the greatest challenges to follow jesus can be our own homes and our families because that's where there's a lot of love that's why it's very difficult to make a choice and but to follow jesus would mean to say that i'm willing to pay the price of investing my time my life and my priority in those things that matter which have eternal consequence i'm here willing to pay the price to proclaim the gospel the former thing can be done by those who are spiritually dead but the latter thing can be done only by those who are spiritually alive and that will save people from death the spiritually dead can bury the dead it is an issue of prioritizing things that are not inconsequential if there is something which does not have a great consequence let's not prioritize that if there is something which is of not eternal value let's not prioritize that in the name of emergencies in the name of unavoidable situations yes of course people have to be taken care of families have to be taken care of but they should not be taken care of and be pleased at the expense of following jesus of a commitment to christ and serving and proclaiming the gospel we're pleasing people it's a matter of the heart it's a matter of pleasing them it's a matter of you know making sure that you know that everything that i do you know is sufficiently pleasing them and that becomes a priority so it's it's a matter of love what do we love more is it god first that's a question that jesus was asking him hey let the dead bury the dead but you go proclaim the kingdom of god you have a greater task to do you have a more something of eternal value to do that's what he's calling you to follow while we can be always stuck with pleasing people while we can always be stuck with you know the material things while we can always be stuck with you know uh, making sure that you know people around us are not offended in any way but to truly follow jesus means to continue to proclaim the gospel and not and to prioritize that the work of the kingdom of god to prioritize that and not be loving and pleasing people 
and family more than God. It's a tough choice that we will have to make sometimes. Might be a great birthday party of a relative versus serving the Lord. Oh, they invited us. They came for our birthday parties. They brought so many gifts and came. They came home and invited us. But here I also have to go and talk to somebody about Jesus. And that's the only time they are available. So would you choose the birthday party or would you choose going proclaiming about Jesus? There can be many pressurizing things. If I don't go, then it will look bad. If I don't go, then what will they say? They will tell my mother-in-law that I didn't go. Sometimes we get stuck with inconsequential things and the things that matter of this world matter to this world and uh, which will please people and keep ourselves in a safe position and we sacrifice the priorities of serving God and living for his kingdom. So Jesus is calling him. So let's not assume that because we can shake our hands and because we can speak in tongues, that we are fully devoted followers of Jesus. But to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus would mean to be willing to follow him all the way and not to be willing to please people. I know somebody might say, oh, it's easy for you to talk, Pastor. Your family, everybody is serving God. Our family is, you come home and see. You should live in my place and see. then you will not talk like this. Very true. I don't know how I would be if I was in your position. Let me be honest. Nobody knows how we would react if we are put in a certain situation. But this was a particular situation which Jesus was dealing with. And so I am not prescribing this. The word of God is prescribing this. It's between you and the scriptures that you have in your own hands. I'm here only explaining it. Amen. It's it's between you and your God. It's between you and your Bible. It's not about me. We are here to only show the way, explain, expound and unwrap the truth. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't get mad at me. Number three. Can we go on? Or should we need some more grace sermons? 61. Still another said, I will follow you Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. See again family. It's a home, the family. Constantly coming back to it. Still another said, I will follow you Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. You see, this didn't happen in America. If it was in America, this issue wouldn't have been big. Because before 18 itself, all of them have left homes. This is the Middle East. See how relevant it is for us today. 
I will follow you Lord but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family Jesus replied no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God <laughs> It looks like he was making a genuine commitment there but he was more concerned about courtesy diplomacy good polished duties you know to be very uh, very right in everything very proper in everything so that nobody will you know be will will point a finger at me and say anything bad about me some people are trying hard to earn a good name with everybody if you want to be a fully devoted follower of jesus you will not earn a good name with everybody there will be people who will love you and hate you for the same reasons they will love you because you are a disciple of jesus and because you are loving them they will love you for that and for the good deeds that you do they will love you for that but they will also hate you because you don't comply with them for everything so you will be loved and hated for the same reasons the reason of following jesus and so jesus is telling here the man going back saying goodbye to the family at the superficial level doesn't seem to be any wrong but then if he goes back home there's a family waiting for him his father will sit him down and say come on son you need to grow up you don't make these kind of you know rash decisions early on in this age get a life man get a life that's what his friends would say don't be this dumb guy who says church and jesus in gospel and following jesus come on get a life man learn the real world this is not the real world the real world is different don't go get stuck into this religious thing some group and some man comes and you go follow him what what foolishness is this a friend might say that the mother will weep and cry and howl and wail and say oh my son is going <laughs> what will he do What will he do in his old age? Who will take care of him if he doesn't have this job? He's not fishing. Where will he draw a pension from? Will the church give that? The wife will say, "I'm pregnant. I'm carrying. How are we going to educate our baby? If you go following Jesus, what will you get? Get a job. I came marrying you know because i trusted you i thought you had a job i thought you were a good you know id professional i thought you will have a great package but you're saying i'm going to follow jesus the family is going to really draw him back and when he goes back he's not going to come back <laughs> Jesus said apply the brakes right there if you go back you're not going to come back and so he said no man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of god if you get back it's not going to happen it's not just about going and saying goodbye <laughs> but it's really br- going to break many hearts and if it breaks hearts it's going to get difficult for you to come back your heart is going to break and if your heart breaks you're going to go back to it so jesus tell him if you go back 
after taking this decision to follow me you are not fit for service in the kingdom of god you came to follow me you follow me all the way you go back you're going to get stuck today god can be used to make our families better god has now become the means and the family the end god is a means of how i can get my family blessed god can bless if i go to god god will bless my work if i go to god god will bless my work and give me more money if god blesses my work and gives me more money i will have more possessions if god blesses my work and i have more money and i have more possessions we will be more comfortable and me and my family will be happy and so god has become the means and family has become the end if i earn all of this and i have all the possessions and i earn sufficiently enough because i have a daughter also she's just two and a half years old but i have to think of her marriage and so i need god to bless me bless me more and more more and more so that i can have more and more and have enough and enough and i can have you know i have all this son also so son has uh, to get all the you know inheritances i need to leave behind something so god has to be used for all of this and the family becomes the end but it's actually the other way around family is the means and god is the end hallelujah amen praise the lord why has god given me life why has god given me family why has god given me work why has god given me money why has god given me possessions why has god given me health everything is for him to serve him to live for him to glorify him to use it for his work to use it for his glory so that we as joshua said me and my family we will serve the lord we like to have it on the walls don't we that's a good gift to give to somebody for a housewarming ceremony so me and my house we will serve the lord we like to pray it but actually in reality it is a challenge of making priorities and making decisions around god and his kingdom and his work as priority as central as christ and his church becoming central in our lives and everything that i and my family that my work and my profession my income and my profits my possessions and my wealth everything contributes to build his kingdom to live for his glory hallelujah praise the lord if we have this central to our lives that's what jesus was calling this man to if our commitment to our family is more and more and if pleasing them becomes more and more important and that comes as a hindrance to our commitment to christ we are turning back after putting our hand into the plow amen hallelujah there have been people who even left their jobs because they wanted to follow jesus because they wanted to follow and fulfill the plan that god had for their lives who left their jobs it's not easy it's difficult that's what happened to our parents that's what happened to our family when we came to follow jesus and came to serve him full time to step out from a good middle class family income and to come down to nothing 
was a price that had to be paid. But it is worth paying the price. Hallelujah. Because those who are of eternal value can be touched and transformed for the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Those two sisters who passed away this week have died in Christ and have gone on to eternal life. Hallelujah. On one side as we grieve, there is also great joy because they are in the kingdom of God. And one thing that they said in that village last week while we went to bury them, they said this is probably the first or the second Christian who is ever buried here in this village. First or second Christian. Because from the time of Christ, there has never been a Christian witness in those places. And this is the church established there. This family came here to, for survival and worked as a painter. Turned out to follow the commitment of Christ and went back to serve the Lord. And although the lady lost the battle to cancer, but yet the joy of hearing that person, you know, gave her life to Christ and she was the one who opened the door for servants of God to come there. Some of the early pioneers of that ministry there came. They said she was the one who opened the door for servants of God to come to their house. Can you go on to my Facebook page and click on that picture, the one carrying the cross? It was a classic, amazing picture. And I think one of the things that stirred me into this message this morning was what I saw there. This young son, who was probably about uh, 12 or 14 years old, probably 14, 15 years old, faithfully carried the cross. They had done a cross, a wooden cross, from the home all the way walking to the burial site. Carry the cross. The mother's uh, body was going was taken to the site. And he goes, he walks all the way carrying the cross. And all through the burial service was lifting up the cross. And the cross was head above others. He was faithfully carrying the cross and holding it up to fix it after she was laid down. That was powerful. Nobody told him. It is not just a... He was not just simply carrying it for the sake of, you know, that somebody need to carry it. Somebody has to carry it, he could have given it off to someone. He was literally holding it up. There was something very powerful to see that. You get it? Yes. Oh yes, can you enlarge it? Uh, just go to yesterday's, a couple of days back, the last post. Yes. Click on that and can we enlarge it full screen? Yes, can you see that? Is it visible? Yeah. You see that at the burial site, he's holding it up. Lost the mother, his mother at a very young age. She's been battling for the last close to, or more than, yeah, probably two years, close to two years. But this is what it is to follow Jesus. And I believe and we pray that he will continue to carry that cross. Carry his cross and follow Jesus. And continue to serve him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Let's read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10 and verses 34 to 38. Matthew 10, 34 to 38. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. This is Jesus saying. What was said while he was ushered in, while the angels sang, while he was going to be born. What did the angels sing? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men, right? But look at what Jesus is saying here. You see, many things look very paradoxical, very contradictory. Verse 35, 34, Matthew 10, 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Man's enemies will be the members of his own household. It's not justifying fights and quarrels. But when a person makes a commitment to Christ, others will get stirred up. And your commitment will, Christ will proceed. But overrule your love for your family also. You will love him more. And when that happens, others will get bitter with you. They will get upset with you. They will get angry with you. Sometimes they will even want to walk away from you. A man against his father, a daughter against her mother, mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Verse 37, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Not only loving God more than them, but also loving God more than ourselves. Taking up his cross and following him which is a matter of co-death. We only talk about the substitutionary death of Jesus, but there's also death that we die while we still live. We die to the world. We die to sin. But not just that, we also die to our own selves. We love Jesus more, which is a co-death with Christ, which Paul talks about very beautifully. If I suffer with him, I will also reign with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Verse 40, he who receives me and he who receives me receives the one. He who receives you receives me and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me read a couple of more verses in Luke's gospel chapter 14. Verses 25 to 27. Luke 14. 25 to 27. All this I have spoken while I was still with you. Oh, sorry. Um, Luke 14, 25 to 27. Large clouds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yet even his own family, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. There was an elderly person who came, who had accepted Christ, who believed in Jesus, who wanted to sincerely follow the Lord. But she said, I have my grandson's wedding coming up. I have to do some rituals there. I will finish the ritual and then I will come and follow Jesus. Unfortunately, before the grandson's wedding, before she could do that ritual, her own husband died. I don't know if she was able to even do that ritual. No, she was not able to do that ritual to the grandson. 
she said that she said let me stay away right now i don't want to you know come to follow jesus i'll just finish all these rituals then i'll come i'll definitely take baptism i'll definitely follow jesus she was you know believing in christ already but yet did not make a full commitment to him but on the other hand her own daughter said i don't care even if my mother does not accept jesus i am going to follow him you see the mother and the daughter taking two different decisions it was their own decisions the daughter said no i'm going to follow jesus and the daughter went through severe persecution they said because you followed jesus only your father died and the guards became angry on them and so affected the father's life they put all kinds of blames on her they tore the bible they threw the bible out they shouted at her they despised her they ridiculed her they insulted her they did everything possible to her but she stands like a rock <laughs> unfortunately she doesn't have a husband but she stands like a rock continues to faithfully follow jesus amen hallelujah there have been many a times so many a people who have sacrificed the love of their own families who have been despised who have been ridiculed who have been cast away who have been even thrown out but yet followed jesus because they found that he is the way the truth and the life and because he paid a price i am also willing to pay the price hallelujah and so may we really take a clear decision of following him all the way so that any situation anything in this world would take us away from the love of jesus that's what the apostle paul himself said hunger or thirst whether i have much or i have less in all these things i am contented and i will fulfill his purpose let's fix our eyes upon jesus and follow him and be faithful disciples till the very end may god give us that grace may god strengthen us may god fill us with his spirit and his word and may god give us a will to make that commitment while we have challenges and conflicting commitments on our way that we will make a clear decision when it comes to prioritizing christ and his kingdom and the proclamation of his word may we fulfill his plan for our lives shall we pray thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah praise the lord for he is a god who is able to bless us and reward us for the commitment that you make for all your suffering for the insults for the for the way you've been despised for the for the persecutions that you suffer for his name the lord is the one who rewards us instead hallelujah hallelujah he will honor you he will lift you up he will reward you he will not forsake you he will not leave you halfway through for he's with you till the very end hallelujah Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's not a God who expects and demands much from us in a very harsh way and forsakes us. But he's a God who is willing to stay with us through the course and he will give us the grace. Hallelujah. But be bold, brother, sister. Hallelujah. Take heart this morning. Let not your heart be weary and do not lose heart. Hallelujah. But live for Jesus. Amen. It is worth paying the price. It is worth paying the price. Hallelujah. Let's please please him all the time. We live for his glory hallelujah thank you jesus praise the lord